All right, good, because we're recording. Um, <gasps> ooh. So, uh, nice. Yeah. Freshing uh, Coke Zero in my hand. <laughs> oh, mm. Coke Zero. I've got one in the fridge. I think I'll go get it now. You've got one in the fridge. I've got one on the brain. I, yeah, I can't think of anything fucking douchebaggy to say. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And if we were all sitting around a table, we could share a Coke together. Um, what does anyone know? Like the co- the Coca Cola theme song offhand? I, I was one thing. Oh, no, no, don't go there. I was don't go there. I was one thing. It was ba da ba ba ba, but that's McDonald's. Yeah, no, that's so. Yeah, red and yellow, red and white. I mean, it's close enough. Uh, so, hey, everyone, we are Information Creep, and we've got a uh, we got Coke on the brain, Coca Cola on the brain. Gotta 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 specify. So texting my guy right now. <laughs> So, uh, everyone, wanna wanna introduce yourselves? No particular order. Hey, what's up? I'm Walter. How are you guys doing? Doing, good. <laughs> doing, doing fine. Good. Oh, thank you, thank you. Uh, I'm your uh, host, Spiros, as always. So, here I am. I'm Primal Sabbath. You can find me in all the message boards and Facebook groups. All of them, because I want to keep my name. <laughs> hey, dude, it's a brand. It's 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 a brand. I don't blame you, Primal Sabbath. Not at all. It's a brand of something. Raisin brand. No, that's, I mean, does it, did that have a theme song too? I don't know, but I love some Raisin brand, man. That's my favorite shit. Dude, that's my favorite too. so good. All my friends look at me with disgust, but, uh, I don't know. I love Breaking it. Breaking news. <laughs> and I know some people aren't into knockoffs, but, uh, if you're into pinch, Kroger Raisin brand's actually would be a little better. Kroger Raisin brand's like the BB7 yes model of, uh, of post Raisin <laughs> brand. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to try that. Like, uh, like right now, the uh, the cereal of choice is frosted mini wheats. Oh man, those are good too. I got yeah. a box of those too. Yeah, I knew there was something about you, but that was all right. You know, every everyone here is kind of connecting, so that's that's good. Um, uh, we haven't Greg, heard, we haven't from, heard Greg. from you yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Greg. Walter, it's your turn to talk. Oh. I was too busy looking up at this nice check. But, uh, hello, y'all. Walter Young. You can catch me there at Rim Collectors, Info Creek, uh, and uh, Hardcore Collectors, whatever the hell else. Let's do this. In post-production, I'm just going to, like, just going to go over that and just be like, Greg Sullivan. <laughs> oh, <laughs> shit. Did you want me to use your last name? I don't oh. give a fuck. All right, cool. I mean, I don't care if you guys use my last name. It's, you know, it's not copywritten or whatever, so you guys are fine. So, All right, Dakota Ray-Ban. <laughs> I, think, I think I actually got, right. got Skype to change it. I can't remember. Uh, oh, no, no, no. I remember now, and I'm not going to say I'm not gonna say what it was. Ray-Bjorn. Ray-Bjorn. Um, but, yeah, so today we're, we're going we're gonna to talk about the, uh, the Dark Prelude uh, to Dark Cybertron. Or we're gonna attempt to talk about it, I guess. I mean, there's, it's it's kind of it's kind of strange, uh, this whole, like like five issues of R.I.D. and one issue of More Than Meets the Eye, uh, the one issue of More Than Meets can, the can Eye. We ref- What's up? Can we refer to it as Dark Sabertron for the rest of the episode just to piss uh, <laughs> Sparrow off? Yeah. So, uh, prelude to to Dark Sabertron. Um, more than meets the eye, I think got the got the better end of this this deal, uh, and and not so much like I think it really took away from some of the stuff that was happening in 
R.I.D. at the time, because this is like right after the big uh, Megatron fight again, and Starscream was ruler supreme and all that other stuff, but uh, it kind of picks up like looking at Shockwave, like what Shockwave's doing. Um, to, I guess to be more precise, we're starting at issue number 17 of R.I.D., and it's just a shockwave and what looks like a little bomber Megatron following him. And uh, they're like running away from like, I don't know, man, a lot of this, a lot of this story confuses the shit out of me because I, I'm not sure if it takes place like after everything that went on in the last issue or if it's during everything that was happening in the last couple of issues. Because uh, like... Yeah, it's it's uh, it's happening concurrently with the uh, battle in Icon. Yeah. Because uh, Dread Dreadwing specifically says, like, why are you dragging me away from the fight? This might be our greatest victory. And uh, the story is called Shockwolves. So very clever. I like. Um, and to answer his question, Shockwave uh, shoots him through the back and and chest, where. Vital Cybertron, excuse me, Vital Sabertronian uh, things are. And Don't you guys think it was awfully coincidental that uh, these two toys were on the shelf at the time? Were they? Uh, I thought I thought Shockwave was part. I know, like they were part of the same like generations wave. Let's be honest, that Shockwave was still on the shelf. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, because Shock Shockwave Shockwave was Wave One with uh, Drift and. Uh, Fall Cybertron Prime, right? No, Drift. It wasn't. No, you're thinking, you're thinking 2010, my dude. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm mixing. Totally yeah, it was different. Fall of Cybertron Prime and Jazz. Oh yeah, yeah God. All I white parts look alike. I got it. Racist. I, I put, I put that Jazz out of my mind because, because I was a Jazz fan. Mm. And I mean, I still, I still am a Jazz fan, but I bought it and I was like, this is garbage, and I gave yeah. it to my. I, I gave it to my uh, my daughter at the time, who was then four. I was like, "Here, honey, like, so don't bought, chew on." It. I bought the yep. jazz, and I bought two, three of the side swipes. Uh, but the only reason I did that is because I wanted their hands. Uh, so, if you guys, if you guys want some hand handless Fall of Cybertron, uh, jazz or side swipes, hit me up. I got them. <laughs> two for twenty. <laughs> Slanging them on the corner. Yeah, man, it was a. Uh, it's one of those things. So, so yeah, so they, they were totally on on toy shelves at the same time. Uh, and Dreadwing, I think, is this the first time we ever see Dreadwing in uh, in the comics? I think so. Yeah, so yep. he's just mm-hmm. automatically like a big Megatron supporter. Love the stealth bomber uh, thing, so he, he got one of his own. Not at all to sell toys. Um, Calvin Johnson, he's somewhere in the story. Isn't that, isn't that who it is? Isn't that who they made the yeah, Mega yeah. yeah. So, um, but then we, then there's, there's like a flashback and you see Shockwave, um, just a gray doll, like not at all the character that we were kind of introduced to in Shadowplay. And that's something I, I wanted to point out was that, uh, he was, he wasn't as, as vibrant. He was just a kind of mute gray Talking to Jihaxis. Yeah, pre pre his obsession with changing his color scheme every other issue. Yeah, seriously. That dude was vain. Um, it's, it's funny because I think, I think when 
um, Chaos Theory came out. Like, he was orange and white and blue, and then he was red, white, and blue. So there was a lot of speculation that the senator friend was Ultra Magnus. Um, but then, you know, we obviously know how that turned out. Um, and I don't know, I, I don't know if it was a nod, like, the orange, white, and blue, and the red, white, and blue. Because uh, a lot of people have this fan theory that uh, Dion from Wardon the friend of uh, Orion Pax in the G1 cartoon that got uh, that got blasted. They're like, oh, he was rebuilt into Ultra Magnus with no, you know, obviously no supporting documentation whatsoever. Just, just kind of assumed. And like, I don't even know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know where people, where people even got that from. But I, I mean, that's, I guess that's a conversation in and of itself. But, um, but anyway, through these various flashbacks, we see. You know, okay, he got a little vein. Looks like they they threw some red, yellow, and blue on him, so that's cool. Uh, but it talks about like how he was a student of Jaxus at the Jaxian Science University thing, and what have you. And there's there's also some callbacks to Shadow Play, but I guess that's not like too important. Uh, Diatlas is apparently a pretty big role in Shockwave's history uh, for this issue at least, and. Blah blah blah, a bunch of bullshit happens, and goes after the the whole Impurata thing, where they gave him claws and made him purple and made him a Cyclops, poor guy, and how Megatron had kind of approached him while he was uh, going through all this, and after they uh, took over, not took over, but really just killed the the Senate. Um, like here, man. I'll give you, you know, give you some hands. You want some new hands? I'm giving you hands. Needle nose, needle nose is just like this is my third set. He's, he's telling you the truth. And uh, Shockwave was like, Nah, my dude, gun hand. And then a normal hand. So uh, he used that hand to shoot Diatlas. And and. That was that. Like, it didn't kill Diatlas, but I guess because he was uh, kind of like whatever. But anyway, so we go back to the present day. Well, it's... What's that? Well, it's... The the thing with shooting Diatlas was um, he actually did it to wound him so that he wouldn't be present for uh, the assassination of the Senate. Oh, okay. I'll be honest, man. I just, I just skipped he, and looked at the pictures earlier, so I didn't read it. Yeah, because, uh, well, no, because um, it, it even says, like, in Shockwave's uh, narration that uh, there's some flaw uncorrupted by shadow play or experience, some last vestige of me that I had been. So it was like, it was like a mercy wounding. He wanted, he, like, he respected Diatless enough to not, like, let him suffer the same fate as the other uh, senators. And, dude, looking at this, I don't know if, like, because, all right, going to take it aside, and I know a lot of people are uh, overly critical of Livio Romandelli's art, but um, you can't tell in this in this picture if he blew off Diatlas's legs or just, like, <laughs> his, you know, shot him in the knees, because, like... Cause like this, the smoke, the smoke coming off of the knees is almost the same shape 
as the bottom of his legs. So, <laughs> um, I mean, hey, you know, like the guy, the guy's got his own style. I completely respect that. You know, like the murky, dark watercolor, you know, I'll, kindergarten I'll age honest, man, uh, like, art project. While we're kind of talking about um, uh, Livio's artwork, so. I thought it was really fitting for kind of flashback moments in. You know, in in the whole like dark dark prelude, uh, it just it just to me it fit. I think it fit that and um, and we we haven't talked about it yet, but like autocracy and, and monstrosity and primacy. I thought his art style really fit those stories. So it and like the dead yeah the dead yeah. universe stuff too that he did yeah and yeah like because the the overall tone of the book is really dark so it definitely fits um but i mean some things that uh happen in the issue uh there's there's the interaction between uh shockwave and this guy because i get all does the it really matter unless stuff. the senator was to um i think it's proteus throw that in yeah <laughs> no i guess not because they all suffer the same fate uh but um, no, it's, 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 I don't know if, I don't know how much, uh, James Roberts and John Barber, like, collaborated with the overarching story of Transformers, but, um, the senator picks up the projector and says, be gone, you wretch, and it turns out to be, uh, an, an actual Transformer that he just tosses aside, and, uh, we see, we see, um, we see Shockwave, in one of his uh, emotional outbursts, uh, where he, you know, the senator's, I think it's Proteus, he says, you know, the functionist teachings say that those with superior alt mode should reign over lesser beings, and Shockwave is like, no, we're all under, we're all equal under Primus. So, and Proteus even makes the um, foreshadowing statement, like, such an emotional reaction is unbecoming of a senator. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm sure I'm sure they did do a lot of uh, which at this point. Let's see that that would have I'm trying I'm trying to remember when Shadow Play happened. That was like between books like five and ten, wasn't it? Like pretty pretty early on in the More Than Meets the Eye run. Um, Shadow Play was nine, ten, and eleven, or okay. ten, twelve, or ten, eleven, and twelve. All right, but so so yeah, so at least a good like that that stuff had already been you know established um, at the time that uh, right that that this like this particular issue was coming out. So I'm sure if there wasn't any collaboration, like obviously like they know what they're working on, you know they know what kind of each other was working on at least back then when the books were kind of pitched as something to be sort of close knit with one another, and that that I think was pretty cool that they did that. Um, you know, so you're like, oh yeah, I remember that from More Than Meets the Eye, um, which, cause we would never hear it the other way around, right? But, um, <laughs> but yeah, so I guess just kind of adding a little bit to that particular, like, backstory already. I mean, it was cool, like, it's, you know, it was a, it was a good read. I thought it was, I don't, I don't know how necessary it was. 
just because uh, a lot of that story had already been told. You know, basically, like, the, ultimately, like, what happened in one book was Shockwave took Dreadwing into the middle of nowhere where the, uh, the, the Titan from the Annual had showed up and shot him mm-hmm. and then introduced Ore 14, which was uh, the Resurrection Ore. And it brought it into life. It was one whole issue just to establish. Or for <laughs> the that that zombies are real in Transformers world. Yeah, but I mean, it's cool getting the getting all the backstory for uh, for Shackwave too. Yeah, right. I mean, it also it also establishes the different ores, uh, like the the one that drove Cup insane, or eight was. It created crystals of pure destruction. And then uh, LV-117 was the uh, the time ore that uh, was introduced in Spotlight Wheelie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they and which I think we talked about that the the last um, the last time we covered RID. Uh, we we had talked about because you know it showed like Prime and Garnack and Wheelie, and and Hardhead like how all that happened, you know some more kind of backstory on that which right you know, with I, the with a uh, right with Spectro and Spyglass yeah. yeah so I don't know I, th- I thought that was pretty cool um, I did that like that is one aspect that I did like of these earlier RID uh, issues but it just the story the story wasn't like as even flowing, but I think it's because there was so much going on. You know, I, I think I think they could have maybe... And it wouldn't have been worth it at all, but um, for at least half of the, I guess, first season of R.I.D., they, they could have had two books kind of covering different things going on, in my opinion, instead of kind of splitting it up between the series, but that's just me. So uh, at the same time all this shit's happening... Uh, Starscream has won the public, the public's opinion, and he's kicking everybody out of town that has a badge on. So Autobots, Decepticons, if they wear a badge, like get them out of here. And then he's his his biggest competition now because Metalhawk's dead. He killed Metalhawk, his uh, his buddy. Um, his biggest competition is uh, is Scoop, of all people. And all, all he's mm. doing is just, like, helping people. And um, I thought it was kind of funny because in this issue, I think it was this issue, either, either way, like, while all this all this is going down, he, like, Scoop is, like, showing his genuine, like, no, man, I'm doing this, you know, because you, you know, you inspired me to do this. Like, you're such a great dude. Like, I appreciate you so much, Starscream. And Starscream's like, I don't like this. This guy's playing an angle. I'm going to frame him for something. I'm gonna frame him for murder. <laughs> so, and this is—I think this is where we start to see a lot of Rat Trap too. Which, you know, as as a Beast Wars fan, like at the time, I was like, "Yay, Rat Trap!" And then I saw Rat Traps roll, and I was like, "What the fuck did they do the Rat Trap?" So, I, th- I think a lot of the a lot of people were just like, "Was well, he a mechanical rat?" I'm like, I don't—I don't care about that. I just why is he? Uh, he had the toy to sell. Yeah. Hey, uh, so Bumblebee, after after Bumblebee got his face smashed by Megatron, uh, he got rebuilt into a new gold body with a blue head, and, uh, 
Well, his his Goldfire uh, oh, gold rebuild. Fire, that's right. Which, uh, hey, another toy repaint. Yeah, they were they were hot and heavy trying to sell those toys with these comics. But that was that was cool though. I, you know, I always I always like it whenever like the toys match the comics or vice versa. Um, it's just it's just neat seeing it. Of course, it never lasts, but um, it's neat. I think it was a little too forced. And uh, Greg, you talked last week about uh, Hasbro getting their claws into things. I don't know. If, like, I, I feel like this was the start. Like this was the initial puncture wounds of that happening. But um, oh no, I I, I think I, I think the I think the wound was wide open at this point. Um, yeah, uh, oh, yeah. I mean, like gold, Goldfire. It's like, hey, we rebuilt him out of a Cybertronian body into a body that resembles his old Earth forms. Yeah, <laughs> very similar to it, minus minus the stripes. Minus well, the thankful, stripes. thankful at this point, they were just raping R.I.D., which is, in my opinion, always been the weaker book, and they were. For the time being, they were leaving more than me to I alone. Yeah, I still feel for the most part more than me to the I was left alone up until like the actual crossover issues. Um, you know, we'll, we'll, I guess we'll get to that whenever we get to it. But uh, they were like, yeah, to, I think uh, for, what, for what it's worth, like oh. they were they were on the outskirts of town too. Like they, you know, they they set up like little camp, little camps and stuff. Dinobots are. They're, I guess they're they're cured now, because uh, no one's going crazy out in the desert, and the Constructicons are there, just because you know obviously Prowl's there, and they're all like, you know, Prowl, you're great. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, wow. I like I like I like how they wrote them as like they were Prowl's new fan club because they they're like, yeah, we got to we got to peek inside your mind, and we love what we see. Also, they were comedy there too. I think you know, it's a little yeah. bit any relief. And RC was there, and like, she was like, she was kind of, she was basically acting as like a bodyguard. But I think her her Autobot symbol was either like scratched off or torn off or something like that. But they're like, hey, even the Autobots don't want you. I'm like, oh, that's a little rough. Okay, she's she's very emotional right now. Well, she didn't have an Autobot symbol. She carved one with her sword. Oh, she did. Because she was with yeah. Because yeah. after after Goldbug woke up or Goldfire. Um, they were talking, and she's like, Jess, she's like, I'm an Autobot. And she's like pointing to <laughs> her scratches. fucking jailhouse tattoo. And he's like, um, okay. So anyway. And like, yeah. Yeah. Rough, uh, yeah. rough time. Yeah. Yeah, and the Dinobots, like, of all people, come to RC's defense, and they're like, she's an outcast, just like us. Yeah. And then they all they all went drinking, having having a merry yeah. old time. Um, also, while all this is going down, Megatron they, they're keeping Megatron and Wheeljack's little uh, that floating orb of energy. Force field. It's a force field. A force field. Some sort of force field. Last time I checked, it's a force field they snuck into his new body. Okay, yeah, he he does look old though for someone who essentially got beat up, which is uh. Dakota, would you call oh, it a stasis lock of some sort? Yeah. 
I might call it. I might call it a stasis lock of sorts. It, maybe you could call it an information creep. Too forced. Too forced. Is it though? Is it really? Uh, Wheeljack. So, okay. Is, um, I don't even know why they threw in Wheeljack. Like at the end of that issue, uh, which I've like multiple issues of this line, but it was all beat up still. Oh, you're talking about the the Starscream inter like that's almost ninety percent internal monologue yeah. of Starscream. Like I, I love I love the beginning of this issue where it starts with uh, Metal Hawk's body, and then there's a picture of uh, right above his body of Starscream and Metal Hawk looking all chummy. It's like yeah, I know I killed you, but. Um, <laughs> Good times, or or so I'm told. And it's I don't I don't know. It's like why is the pedestal with Metalhawk's body surrounded by what looks like energy bars? Um, it just has like the the little the little snacks, the little energon goodies. Because we we saw some of that um during uh during more than meets the eye, like the uh the whole Tyrus thing. Because uh, wasn't it wrong? That was handing out the little, little energy sticks. Yeah, but I mean, these are like pillars going from floor to ceiling, like almost like roping oh, off body. Well, that was probably our screams doing. He's like, no, 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 it's fine. I'll do the autopsy. I'm certified. <laughs> in there, like carried around, making sure, like, I does not trying to even have fingerprints. It doesn't matter. But um, that's probably all about. Yeah, I like I like uh, Starscream talking to Blur in his bar, just calling him out on his bullshit. He's like, "Just Let get out of my bar." <laughs> it's funny whenever whenever shit like that happens to Starscream too, because he thinks he's like he thinks he's there. He thinks he's like fooled everyone, or he's on top of the world, or whatever. And then someone always comes along and is like, "Nope, you're still a dick." So. Because they can see through him, they are—they know what type of person he really is. Yeah. Uh, also, while this is going down, something else is going down uh, on the far planet of Gorlum Prime, uh, where Jaxus is with um, Prime and Wheelie and Garnack, and, and or I guess Orion Pax, uh, Wheelie and Garnack, and their whole bunch, and they're—they're they're still having issues with Monstructor, and this is where we see Waspinator for just the briefest of moments and somehow like I, I don't I really don't like why Waspinator just got this ability to like teleport but uh I believe it was Jaxus and Bludgeon found him in found Waspinator like in an off world bar and um I think it has something to do with, with Waspinator and the Titans or he can he can use the sp- he can activate the space bridges inside the Titans. You can teleport. You can telepath. Oh. I think that's what he is. It's a telepath. You think you're a, or a city speaker or whatever? You think he's a city speaker? or? Yeah. Huh. That's interesting. Or no, no. Uh, uh, Telepanel... How you call Tele- that? Telekinesis. Tele- yeah. Telepathy. Yeah. Yeah. Telekinesis is moving oh, shit. Tele- tele- well, yeah. Tele- telepathy is uh, communication. Yeah, I think that's what he is. It's a telepath. Wrestling. God, have you guys ever seen Ghostbusters 2? Jeez. 
Is that the have, have they have the Ghostbusters two yet, Greg? You know, Dakota, I'm gonna have to ask <laughs> you to leave. <laughs> Fucking mission accomplished. Um. So uh, the way the way Waspinator got the ability to teleport is uh, he was actually a Titan Hunter for Megatron, and um, they actually came across the. I don't know if it's I don't know if it's the specific Titan that we see in uh, the annuals, but he attacked he attacked a Titan and hit it with his stinger, and uh, he like some of the Titan's energy was drawn into Waspinator, and he gained the ability to basically teleport from that. Okay. So yeah, that, was, that makes uh, sense using the. Okay. It was an attack on Titan. Oh! <laughs> ha, 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 ha. Look at me, I'm yeah. a weebo. No. <laughs> you're, do, you're doing good things, Greg. I, I went to the little... I went... Just just, little, just side... The, the only reason I said that, we went to um, this little Japanese shopping center yesterday to get some food and kind of look around and... Um, the one with cat sushi? Yes. Why am I sushi? Dude, that shit was awesome. I didn't think I was actually going to find it, and I found it. It was it, it, the last place I looked at it. But um, there was just this guy loudly talking to some woman about Attack on Titan and about how he reads the mangas and gets updates. And I, I don't know if he was hitting on her, trying to hit on her. Like, I don't know, but it was just, like, it was really cringy. It was, like, there were Asian people there. There were fucking anime nerds there, and it and there, and that was like the clientele that day of that shopping center. But uh, it was just pretty funny. He's like, "Yeah, I'm big on Attack on Titan. Uh, I shouldn't even watch the show because I get updates about the manga, so I already know what's going on." Oh, and I'm god like, all right, damn, that's crazy. All right. Oh, ooh. all right, all right, guy. In the in the Japanese like fucking shop. <laughs> He's like, hey, anyway, you want to get some like sorry. food later? I know this great place. That's actually served out of a truck. <clears throat> so, uh, so yeah, so they they trick they trick Waspinator. They get Waspinator to trick Orion Pax into uh, into rising a Titan. Which this is around the time that I guess the Fall of Cybertron video game was uh, still pretty fresh, and mm-hmm. that whole. Prime putting his his hand on the ground and saying "Arise" uh, is just gonna make it like he God, dude. And we'll we'll see it later, but he does that too many times. I think um, throughout Dakota, just throughout the book. You're breaking up really bad. Really? What's it? Just FYI. Okay. You're, you're, yeah, you're, oh, you're Matt man. Baldwin. All right. Right now, you were kind of doing it, but it's getting worse. So I didn't. I just wanted to let you know before we got too far. Okay. Cool. So. uh uh, reset. Um, where, where, where were we? We were talking about something. Um, we were talking uh, about raising a titan. Oh yeah, yeah. raising raising a titan because uh, that was um, that was kind of like the hot topic. And I think I think he did it way too much in the books, or yeah, in, in at least in in RID at that point in time, in my opinion. Uh, just because it was you know just the new thing that. Yeah, the video game did, and I think that was kind of popular, sort of, amongst some people. But uh, essentially, the, he did it to try to help, like, to try to fight Monstructor. And after the Titan rose, uh, Monstructor was like, "All right, Master, it's here." 
what do you want to do? So there was a, I think then that's whenever Waspinator uh, ran into it and teleported it. And didn't it? Uh, maybe maybe I'm getting too far ahead for for what we're wanting to do. But I think he teleported. Did he teleport it to Cybertron? Yeah, I think I think this. Is, is yeah, the, this is the this is the this is the Titan that um, that Waspinator teleported to Cybertron that will uh, play a pivotal role in a future storyline. Um, yeah. So hey, um, the art in this issue, uh, RAD nineteen, um, super jarring. Just the superhuman features on everybody, like the Titan <laughs> and uh, Hardhead looking like a G.I. Joe. Um, yeah. Wow, was um, that he looks okay, like, was that Hardhead? Like I, I mean, it was obviously Hardhead, but yeah, that was that was kind of yeah. No, that's weird that's Hardhead. That's Hardhead looking like looking like a Space Marine. Only like, good just, bugs are dead bugs. I don't. Anybody know? <laughs> okay, there we go. Yeah, Starship Starship Troopers. Yeah, yeah. I'll take it. Right. I mean, I doubt I doubt that was the intention of the artist, but um, <laughs> oh, Wheelie's arm is dissolving after he touches something down in the uh, ruins of Gorlin Prime, and Hardhead's solution is to shoot his shoulder <laughs> so that the infection. Like, the infection doesn't spread. That's some World War Z shit right there, man. Right? Honestly, though, yeah. Ugh. Don't get me started on that movie. Yeah. It's, it's pretty... I mean, well, that's basically, like, what we're kind of talking about here with, uh... The Dark, Cyber, uh, the Dark Sabertron prelude stories. Uh, you've got... Like, it, also, like, while, while everything's... All of this stuff is, is going down and has gone down... You've still got Shockwave and Dreadwing in the ruins of the buried Crystal City, and where, where Shockwave has kind of set up shop and you know, coordinating with Jihaxis and uh, all of that. I think is this where this is where Bombshell like talked to Soundwave. Was it Bombshell? Yeah, it was Bombshell. Bombshell like talked to Soundwave about uh. Like some of the shit Shockwave was doing, and this is where I believe this is where Shockwave or Soundwave set off. Oh, dude, there's too many waves for this. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep fucking up. But uh, anyways, this is where Soundwave left to to go see what Shockwave was up to, and there was a lot of infighting with the Decepticons. Like, is this where they were trying to figure out like who was gonna kind of take charge after Ratbat died? Because I remember, I remember um, Astro Train and Blitzwing getting to a, getting into a fight with Soundwave and the cassettes. But beyond that, I, I don't remember a whole lot. Are you one? Um. Are you talking about IDW? <laughs> talking about IDW. I, well, because I just came back to the conversation. Sorry, I had to go have a coughing fit. Oh, it's fine. Um. <laughs> if you don't call, um, I just remember. Just remember. Ratbat being the leader in G1 and being the most efficient Decepticon leader ever, <laughs> to a fault. But um, 
Sorry. Uh, no, it's it's uh. Let's see. I think this is this is RID number twenty one. Where? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I I don't know why Soundwave and Blitzwing and the cassette tapes and Astro Chain. I don't know where like why there was a bunch of fighting, but I thought it was funny because our boy Needlenose steps in. He's like, "Stop fighting." Uh, that's how I imagine he said that. You know, <laughs> like nothing, nothing bravado about it at all. He's like, "You guys tearing us apart." Well, it's because Soundwave, uh, Soundwave accuses Shockwave of being a deserter, and uh, that the only punishment for deserting the Decepticon cause is death. Oh. So, and everyone, and everyone starts fighting, and uh, one thing before we move forward, there's uh, there's an interaction between Shockwave and Geoxys, where uh, Geoxys is get, getting all mushy, and he's like. It's an odd feeling returning to this world after the years I spent. And Shockwave is just like, your feelings are immaterial. It's like, bitch, don't get don't get mushy. <laughs> bitch, don't get mushy on the cusp of our plan. One thing I want to point out before we get too far, uh, page five, that first panel with Bombshell and uh, Ravage and Soundwave, dude, that art is really stressing me out. <laughs> like that shit's that shit's bad. Like I like I don't mind his art. I think it has a place, but like that particular panel is like to the point of triggering me. I'm trying to scroll back to five on my end. It's um, just Soundwave, and uh, it's it's the one where uh, Bombshell saying "Do run, do hide." Oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I I I, yeah. I don't think like the War for Cybertron, Fall of Cybertron kind of look isn't really his strong suit. Uh, in my opinion, either if 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 it if it were those kind of like G one uh, designs, yeah. But yeah, dude, I, it's I see what you mean. This is pretty rough to. And then his head on that next like uh, like the the third panel, the close up of his head, and then the fourth panel is just weird. Well, the fourth panel actually looks alright, but the third one where it looks like um, his head looks like an old G one combiner <laughs> limb head. Yeah. Yeah. Where like it's the peg that pops in. I don't mind Livio's art. I really don't. And he's a nice guy. Like I talked to him. We had a table next to him at the first TFCon in America. Um, it's kind of. I meant to say this earlier, and you guys kind of moved on. I didn't want to like dwell on it, but like his art isn't bad and it has its place. But it's kind of jarring if you're reading the collected editions, and like. Because like, it happens a lot. Like you'll you'll be reading, and then it'll be like you know regular art, regular art, and then all of a sudden it'll be this art, and it's kind of jarring. And sometimes it works and has its place. Sometimes it doesn't. But I will say his art looks great. Uh, where, where did you guys at TFCon Chicago? I know Walter was. Uh, in fourteen, I was, I was there in fourteen. That what? What was the first one? Was that thirteen or fourteen? Fourteen. It was fourteen. Yeah. Did you see the uh, metal? The metal prints he was selling. Yeah, it was the yeah. art printed on metal. Now that looked really fucking good. Yeah, well, I mean, be, oh, because it that, like that's it, it it works. Like that's that's what it is. Like I was talking to uh to, to Tyler uh, from Stasis Log uh, not too long ago because he picked up the new uh oh god what what is it the the sequel to Redemption and Punishment or is it called Redemption the new Dinobot book? It was Salvation. Oh, um, is Salvation. Yeah, so he, he picked that up, and uh, he was just like, you know, I really like Livio's art, and I said, yeah, for for a book like that, like it totally works. For for like 
the kind of, uh, you know, the, the, and especially like with what we're talking about now in these, um, like, like right here, like, you know, Greg, what you were talking like on page, it doesn't, it doesn't Mm -hmm. fit because that's the, the current times, but whenever they, they have like a, a flashback, I think his, his art works really good. It's, it's a grim retelling of something that happened or whatever. Uh, well, now was isn't that a flashback though on that page? Um, I gotta get back. Yeah, okay, that was a flashback. Uh, we'll see. It, it's kind of it's kind of confusing because he's using those War for Cybertron design. Exactly. And that's exactly. Like, I don't think that was his strong suit. You know, if he would have used uh, you know some of the the older designs, like especially like with what he used in the Autocracy, Monstrosity, and Primacy uh, series, like those mm-hmm. those designs, I think it would have worked. Um, I just like this. This I think we can chalk up to just like bad editing, you know, because maybe he wanted to go for that, but they were like, no, 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 make them look the way they are now. Um, so I, I don't know, but you know, but like, like autocracy and monstrosity and primacy, those books. Just reading those books, the artwork good and it's fitting and it's he's. He, I mean, he's phenomenal. Whenever you know he's got his own, you know, kind of book to work with. Mm-hmm. But here it's just super out of place. It's that scratched metal, and it looks really cool, but you know, to me it's out of place, especially whenever you go to page number six and we've got, you know, the modern, bright, you know, uh, vibrant colors and, and and things like that going on. So. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I just wanted to point it out. Like, I, I, I was kind of flipping, well, digitally flipping through, and the page came up, and, like, I just felt like... It offended me to the point where I yeah. felt like I should say something. <laughs> it offends my senses. Well, it kind of did. I was like, ugh. This needs to get de- called out. I definitely, yeah, man. I definitely anyway, I'm see sorry. it. We also see Acid Storm as a, uh, as a Tetrajet Seeker, a War for Cybertron Seeker, or whatever. I'm assuming that's Acid Storm. He's green. Yeah. So. Which, ah. Uh, Missed Botcon exclusive opportunity. Man, you know, whenever in, in 2013, whenever they made those Seekers, I, I wanted them to use that, that Follow Cybertron's Seeker mold so bad instead of that fucking Classics one. Just because I like it. I like that. That's, that's a fun toy. I think it's a good Oh, toy. yeah. No, yeah. For the... Um, for for the, the, the welcoming ra- committee or whatever. Whatever they call yeah, them. Yeah. The, they, they called them the Rainmakers, but they weren't the Rainmakers. Yeah, it was, it was Sunstorm. And then like the other, like just the two Hot Link and Bitstream, Bit, Bitstream, yeah. Bitstream, whatever. Bit, Bitstorm, Bit, Bitstorm. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Uh, I used that Fall Cybertron mold. I'm, I, I don't do very many custom figures. I don't have the patience for it. But um, I did a Sunstorm out of that for a buddy, and I, I got pictures somewhere. It's probably on my Facebook. It's been oh, a couple nice. years, but like not to toot my own horn, but I think it, it looked good, and I think like in those colors. Like, I'm not yeah. saying I did a great job, but it looked good in those colors. And I think that, like, doing um, doing an exclusive set in those colors would have been neat. Because I, I did like that figure for what it was. I mean, I'm, I'm not really, I don't really collect that type of figure anymore. But um, it looked good. I mean, I think it would have made a good set with yeah. the, uh, those energy, like, with the energy effects. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. See, man, I, and, and, you know, that would have been right up their alley because that's, those little additional paint apps that they were always like really, really good at utilizing. I just and, and I, I feel like you know I feel like it was wasted on a classics seeker mold. Or like some glow paint. Oh yeah, man! Oh dude! 
<laughs> and have them have different colors, not all be like cyber. Like in this picture, like of Acid Storm here, it's that Cybertronian purple, but like having like a, a color specific to the character, like Sunstorm could be like a like a rusty red because he's supposed to be radiation, right? So like a nice rusty like red or or something like that, like an orangey red. I think that would look really nice. Yeah, man, that shit would have been really cool, but you know, plastic seeker mold because. That's like printing money, but uh, it's, just, it's like the MP seeker mold. Yeah. Man. <laughs> Shout out to the BB7 Seekers are BS models. I got I got the Sunstorm in my hand right now. It's a great figure. It's better than the MP. <laughs> and I got that clear purple one coming tomorrow too. I'm a fucking whore. What is that one supposed to be? Is that one supposed to be like a warping sky warp, or is it just clear purple? Um, I clear purple? iGear did a clear purple one as like a limited edition, like exclusive or something. And since BB7 is iGear or part of it, like I think they're just it's a quote unquote homage to that that release, but in the MP11 mold. But considering BB7 in some aspects, some capacity is related to iGear or people involved with iGear at that time, it's just printing money. <laughs> it's war homage something we already made a bunch of money on. But um, it just looked too cool. It just looked too cool, man. Like these things are cheap enough. Like these BB7 seekers are cheap enough that like I can fucking make a seeker army at this point. Like why stop now? I already have seven. <laughs> like why, oh. why stop buying them now? Yeah, I mean you've got a point. It's only a matter and of time before uh, they make all the other ones. And I wonder, I wonder if they'll they'll ever do uh, nacelle or nacelle or how one. They're name. supposed to be doing every one from the wiki like everyone like oh basically really? oh god the wiki they're supposed to be doing oh, every, every possible one so now so now we can have masterpiece uh color errors seekers <laughs> well like i want i want i want one in silver bolt colors well they just they also and it, it's under the radar I, I didn't hear about it until um i saw someone selling them they did uh the original starscream masterpiece colors yeah, I saw that. Like, yeah, it was gray instead of the instead the of green the green stream. Yeah, yeah. And I kind of want to get that one and just have him be a random seeker. I mean, why not? At that point. Yeah, fuck but, it. Um, anyway, we see addictions yeah. a bit. <laughs> so, speaking of addiction, sorry if you hear me crunching. I'm eating goldfish. I'm trying to put my mic up, oh, but okay. I got a what kind, what kind of what kind what kind of goldfish? Just regular. Oh, well, uh, there's a there was a Pepperidge Farm outlet. In that shopping center we went to yesterday, <laughs> so I got one of those giant ass cartons of goldfish for five bucks. Dude, there there was the uh, it was the goldfish that had like the red trim on the bag. What God? What were they? What were those? It was like ze- not zesty, but they they kind of had like a little bit of a spicy kick to. Oh, I used to eat the shit out of those in high school. Dude, they had dessert goldfish. I didn't even know they made sweet goldfish. Oh, like the wow. cr- the the graham cracker ones and the oh, I love those ones. It was like. Yeah, they were like sweet flavors. It was weird. I've never seen this before. The entire corner of the store was nothing goldfish. It was awesome. Wow. Mm-hmm. Nice. They had organic goldfish, organic uh, wheat goldfish. Color <laughs> is from natural ingredients. Oh, yeah, I've seen those. I've never seen them, so I went in there. Anyway, I'm sorry. So if you hear me crunching, let me know. I'm trying to be like quiet about it. <laughs> but I'm addicted to fucking goldfish. Any kind of cheese cracker, man. Hmm. Anyway, so, uh, so after after uh, Neil Nose broke up the fight, we get a flashback to Chaos, uh, where we get to see the Decepticon and uh, Soundwave. I actually I actually like this uh, this little bit here because 
Soundwave kind of gives a reason for the Decepticod to be possible, in that it like Galvatron was able to twist the loyalty of the the Decepticons uh, and use them to form Decepticod. And uh, it talks about how there were only... Well, initially he says there was only one who stood from the Decepticod and that was uh, Oh, everyone all right there? Sounded Are we uh, good? Yeah, I mean, I think we're good. Okay, cool. Um, and actually, like, this, there, there's this one panel, and I'm, I can't tell what page it would be, but uh, it's the panel where Megatron is standing on a pedestal, and he's firing upwards through de- the Decepticon. Yeah. And uh, it's, 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 it's a really good piece of art. Like, I think, I think Livio Ramondelli's, uh art, his strength is uh, broad pictures not so much like detail oriented because yeah. uh, I like this and it looks great um, and it's kind of cool because Shockwave you know his he always talks about how he can hear heartbeat or their emotions like they're you know everything everything vibrates on a certain frequency and he's saying how he was part of the Decepticod he could feel and listen to everything that was happening to all the ones that were part of the uh, the creature, and he says how he he could feel their shrieks and their screams uh, as Megatron was tearing them apart, and um, uh, it's it's this this little section right here is basically <laughs> a love letter to Megatron, uh, because because he's saying and they because and, robots and, and, writing love letters to each other. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I'm 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 usually I'm usually the person who like anytime somebody like wants to ship characters together or something, I'm like, I'm I'm the first person to be like, you know, fuck it, it doesn't have to have any gay undertones or overtones <laughs> or anything, and uh, I mean, I'm not I'm not saying like a love letter like, oh, I want to have Megatron's babies, but it's like, <laughs> I, I guess I guess I guess it would be. Like just showing his deep-seated respect for Megatron. Yeah, I wasn't uh, criticizing you. I was criticizing <laughs> the shitty fandom. Yeah, <laughs> every day that goes by, I want to just I want to become a Transformers recluse and just, <laughs> and just enjoy, enjoy enjoy my toys and my comics and my media without having to read any bullshit from anybody's mouth or keyboard. Just kind of, just oh, kind of you, buy you, shit and like scurry it all away. Like just not even, not even deal with it. You mean old Spiro's Kenobi? That old hermit? <laughs> yep. Oh, God, I hadn't seen him in about five years. I heard he, I heard That's he gonna, was out in the desert. They're, they're, they're gonna call me. They're gonna call me Steve. And I'll be like Spiro's. That's the name I haven't heard. <laughs> uh. I was going to call you Steve Kenobi, but I didn't want to get too far away from your name, so that worked out. No, no, actually, it's funny, because when people ask me my name, and I don't want to give them my real name, because I don't want to go into, like, oh, it's very unique, and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, it's Steve. It's Steve. Just <laughs> shut your Old Spiro's Kenobi. Like, just shut your face and get out of my face, and we'll go about. Uh, oh, no, just... I mean, I love, I, I, I love, like, how Mega, or how Soundwave describes Megatron. It's like in like a lot of his inner monologues. 
Um, yeah, that's, that's what a lot of like this issue and the next issue were about as a two-parter. Can, can, I, can I slip something in just real quick? Because I actually forgot it in a prior um, uh, episode we did. And it, I thought about it when we were talking about the ores, but I couldn't get. I didn't. I didn't say anything. And then when you said chaos, I finally just. I just want to say it. So, going back to the ore, what was the the cup ore? Ore eight. Yes. Oh. Um. Yeah. Let's say ore eight. Why not? It, the one that presented itself as actual crystals. Because where are the other ores? Like you don't. I don't think you. They don't. They don't have a physical well, representation. Thirteen. Do they? Thirteen has crystals. The one. The ones on Earth have oh. crystals. Oh, um, never mind then. That blows my whole. My yeah, whole they, they actually all do. It's just what the crystals do. Well, I was thinking about the cup. I was wondering how much of a callback it was of that episode, that season three episode, Chaos. Uh, I can't remember. I don't know if it was called Chaos, but uh, remember, Cup was scared of only one thing, and it was the monster Chaos that produced the crystals and the Decepticon oh, yeah. mining the crystals to power the gun. Yeah, and yep. I was wondering how much how much that Spotlight Cup was a callback to. Um, Call back to that with those jagged green crystals. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past Mister Roche. You know, he's a uh, he's a very intelligent individual. Um, he's a deep guy. That'll be twenty dollars, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I it's it's just awesome. Like, and it, it kind of draws into question. Like, okay, Megatron was able to not be part of the Decepticon. Like, was it because it was he did? It was was it his order. force of will? Okay, because yeah, I mean, it like, it's like, does he not really believe the Decepticon caused the way the Decepticons believe in it, or you know, is it just that he's such a huge personality that he's he's so forceful that he could resist the lure of the Decepticon? It, I, um, boy. He took on a Decepticon, Decepticon, Decepticon himself, and I, I'm going to say it was Will, because he was not going to allow somebody to control him or manipulate him in any way, shape, or form, and he, he took him out. Dude, and I mean, like, he, he even said in the chaos, he's like, this planet is mine. Like, that's, I, and Walter, you're absolutely right, like, it's probably just sheer force of will and determination that Megatron wants everything for himself. So, Well, that's been a, com- a common theme um, in recent Transformers media, too. Like, um, in the uh, the video game, the, the War for Cybertron, as well as uh, Transformers Prime, like, is overcoming the Dark Energon because of the force of will. The force of will of not becoming the Decepticon. Uh, even in the movies, like, things like... Uh, that stupid bullshit in uh, Age of Extinction, where he's regains he, he he wills himself to become Galvatron, like that whole shit. Like that's kind of a theme right. they've been using. I don't know G one. I don't remember in G one it being such a thing. Like I don't remember if like, well, it was such an overt. But then G one too wasn't didn't really have the level of storytelling that recent Transformers yeah, I mean, media does. So G G one part two, he was just a cookie cutter villain. You know, like. To me, in in my respect, and I know I know I've just blasphemed in the eyes of so many do hats, but you know, <laughs> yeah, even in like uh, that transition from Beast Wars to Beast Machines, I mean, that was kind of like a force of will thing where he he managed to conquer, even though the last time you saw him, he was in a very compromised position, strapped to the front of a fucking shuttle. But anyway, you know, of, of all the of all the uh, 
you know, you just kind of bringing that up. I just wanted to just like sidestep real quick because I love Beast Wars and I, I even like Beast Machines a lot too. But of all the the comics that were like, and they were it was mostly convention comics that were kind of focusing on like the background uh, of what's happening during that whole Beast Wars Beast Machines thing. Not one of them could have been like, here's how it happened. Well, actually, I take that back. I think they did that with Ape Link's War Journals. Like, I can't remember exactly what it was, but, like, they, they never really properly touched on it. But, yeah, anyways, whatever. Okay, so um, so I can wrap up my, you know, monologue on this whole thing. Uh, I, Soundwave also mentions there was another who stood apart from the Decepticon. And uh, it's it's saying how, like, Shockwave's singular vision is, like, so complete that he could never be part of the Decepticon. And, uh, I mean, it's, it's really cool because it kind of establishes that, like, Shockwave... And it kind of calls back to issue 17. Like, Shockwave doesn't believe in the Decepticon cause. It's all a means to an end for him. And that shit will get you killed. Because there is a Decepticon Justice Division out there. Yes. Yes, yes there is. And, and at which point, like, you know, that's that's something, you know, and you know, we, we may we may talk about it later, we may not. Like, we'll probably forget about it by the time we, we get to a lot of a lot more of that DJD stuff. <laughs> but, like, that's one of those, you know, sound, like, with how Soundwave is, like, right now in current comics, I don't think he would, I don't think he would have ever made it onto onto the list, you know? Because he was, he was about I mean, the cause. He, you know, it wasn't... Yeah. You know, it wasn't just well, it's, one, it's cool cause, one thing. Uh, it's cool because Shockwave, you know, he talks actively about the oppression of the Primes. And, like, the Decepticons really, truly believe that the Cybertronian society was broken and you know, that the Primes were evil, which, I mean, as as we get further into the storyline, you know, we, we get to see how shitty the Primes were. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and Was it... Good? No, it wasn't all... Not trying to go off topic or anything. Wasn't at a time that Dreamwave, during that time period, weren't they going to go that route there, too? How corrupted the Primes were back then? Um, I'm not... Because this is this this is a whole different like writing team than from that kind of Dreamwave to Phase One IDW era. You know, a lot of that Phase One IDW was that was you know that was a lot of Simon Furman stuff in that, and he he did a lot of stuff for Dreamwave. So I don't know. I mean, it's it's all there's it's always a possibility. Hey, are you guys reading along by chance? Yeah. Spiros, issue twenty-two, page four. Good. Hang on. Uh, there, but uh, in issue twenty-one, I like the in-universe explanation for Dreadwing's uh, body. Uh, shock, shock, shockwave says, shock, "Shockwave says you wear it to honor uh, our fallen leader." It's like, oh, well, that's clever. All right, where am I at? Issue twenty-two. <laughs> Uh, th- I'm, I'm laughing because Greg just he just pointed it out like so subtle. Just uh, issue 22, page four. Oh God, that's uh, that's our our favorite scene. But real quick on on issue 21, just something I want to touch Wait, on. Wait, is it? 
Is it is it where Soundwave unleashes all? Oh, you no, know what it is. He's calling he's calling Ratbat a cab after that tape rape. <laughs> it is the tape rape scene. <laughs> oh, is it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I like issue twenty one. I like that scene where um where Treadwing gets to jump on Soundwave and it says and then he says his name, Treadwing, and the only thing missing was a TM at the end. <laughs> <laughs> oh you're not wrong. Uh but with, with, with issue with issue twenty one and, and twenty two, because you know it is it is definitely a two parter, I like um and this is this is kinda where we see like this is before before I get too far. You know, since we are on page four, this is where you know Leo's work really shines. You know, because he's 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 drawing them in these these older designs. Granted, Shockwave does kind of look like a hybrid between G1 and, and Fall of Cybertron, but it's definitely these more blocky G1 looks. And for this flashback scene, and it works uh, a lot better than those than you know when he was using those War for Cybertron designs on like that one page. But uh, I liked I liked a lot of the you know, showing the history of, of Soundwave and Shockwave and how they've, you know, essentially been pretty close, but also, you know, not as close. You know what I mean? Like, keep your friends close, keep your enemies closer kind of thing. Or keep your enemies closer. So, all the while they're fighting each and other, I, I mean, killing each other, and reliving. Yeah, and I, I, like how, I like how they show Shockwave and Soundwave... Uh, collaborating on the body design uh, for Megatron. Yeah, and I like I like how I like how Sound, Soundwave projects the body design. Uh, like it's and it also it also it almost seems like a kid showing like his mom his art project. He's like, he requires a new body. I have one designed, and then Shockwave's like, mm, I can improve it. They're just—they're always like sizing each other up. Uh, but like, meanwhile, like while all this is going down in, in present day, uh, Soundwave keeps killing Dreadwing, who keeps killing Soundwave, who keeps killing Dreadwing, and he like releases the tape. So like, remind you, they're—they're they're surrounded by Or 14, so no one's really right. dying. They're just like—it's like they're dying, but all of these like fatal wounds are healing up. So there's there's that on too. And this, 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 I thought was, uh, you know, we, we'd already seen, like, we, we saw a flashback of Soundwave, like, whenever he was trapped in cassette tape mode on Earth, and, and Shockwave was walking up to him, like, hey, I can get you out of your predicament if you get me out of my predicament, and how Ravage, you know, was the one that was kind of guarding Soundwave, like, how tight they were, mm -hmm. and to give you a, this is page 11, um, Ravage, you know, makes makes a jump at at Shockwave here in present day, and he, he blows a hole through him, and, and Soundwave just like complete, um, which, uh, which I think shows a lot of a lot of like their relationship, and we'll see that definitely some more later on, um, maybe uh, maybe in a different book, but <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was cool. If you look at this page, and then you go, it's just page eight. And look at that panel where he shoots his little rockets at him, and then you go to page. Hold on. Fourteen. He shoots the same rockets at him again. 
the org also gives you unlimited ammo. Doomsaw. Nice. Because you can shoot you can shoot the same the same rockets over and over and over again. <laughs> Dude, that's the ultimate like that's a really good cheat code to have like in real life. Like, oh, uh, I'm always gonna reheal and uh unlimited ammo. That's that Rick Grimes code. Rick Grimes code. <laughs> it's true. That's that shoot shooting twenty zombies with a revolver. <laughs> Isn't that a six shooter? Shut up, Coral. But um, other than that, I mean, it's it's just a stalemate. Like there's more, um, more kind of backstory. Uh, but ultimately, like I think I think most just kind of irrelevant. Well, actually, I mean, uh, to counter your point. Uh, there's a lot of kind of retconning slash uh, that's, that's continuity fixing. <laughs> But no, 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 go ahead. No, go ahead. I, no, it, I mean, it does, it does need to be like, talked about. But, like, they they explain how uh, Devastator came to be, or they how they started laying the groundwork for Devastator because uh, Megatron's talking to Shockwave and he tells him that he wants, uh, he wants a combiner like Monstructor except controllable. And uh, it's just, it, like, the... The interplay between Shockwave and Soundwave is pretty cool because uh, Soundwave says that, um, like, Shockwave is almost invisible to him. Uh, it says, like, his face, he was blank, where he can't he can't get a good read on uh, Shockwave at all. So it's kind of it's kind of interesting that Shockwave, you know, is unique in the. I mean, pretty much in the world of Transformers, that Soundwave can't read his thoughts or his emotions, and um, it's kind of cool. It's kind of cool because uh, going back to issue twenty-one, because I'm still uh, there's uh, there's a lot of meat in this issue, honestly, uh, because it kind of flashbacks to the spotlights of Shockwave and Soundwave, and. Um, Shockwave says that he'll free Soundwave from his uh, his alt mode lock. That's if, what I talked uh, about ten minutes ago. Okay, but did you mention Regenesis? <laughs> no, I didn't mention Regenesis. Oh, okay. Oh. All right, thanks, Dakota. Oh, see, put in your place, Dakota. Yeah, dude, fuck me, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's, what you, that's what you get. <laughs> no, but uh, it's, hail, it's not cool because. <laughs> It's kind of cool because, you know, he's saying, like, Soundwave, Soundwave will uh, disable the bomb in Shockwave's head. And he's like, but um, tell me about this little thing called Regenesis, huh? And Shockwave is actually caught off guard. He's like, ah, okay. Uh, <laughs> so, so but, you know. So, okay, you read my texts. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> um, now, I, and, but, uh... I mean, I don't know. These these issues were really kind of I don't know. They they stood out to me as really cool because they they delved into the backstory of uh, Soundwave even, uh, which I don't think we've gotten to. But um, uh, we're close. Where were we before I before had... before we before. do that? I think I think we're we're basically at the end. Like Shockwave essentially just lets. Uh, Soundwave and his tapes go. Dreadwing's kind of perplexed as to why 
And Shockwave was like, "Well, you you big idiot, no one can die here." So uh, he, he's like, "You know, best best not delay the inevitable any longer." And uh, Shock uh, Jaxus pops up on one of his monitors. And he you know he lets Shock he lets Shockwave know he says, "Your your Titan is preparing." Orion Pex and the others are on Gorlum Prime, which is being consumed by the Death Ore. Um, and I'm going to put a little asterisk by that because uh, there's that that's going to play into uh, what we talk about on the next uh, issue of informa- Information Creep. But uh, Shockwave was like, yet they live, you know, asking. And, and Jaxa said, as you asked. And that's whenever Shockwave made the comment. I thought this was baller as hell. He said, I did not ask. I commanded. And that's whenever the Titan kind of teleported in. Uh, but then we get another flash one that you were uh, about to refer to, I believe. Uh, yeah, which yeah, which is um, where we get uh, we kind of get the origin of Soundwave and his minions coming together. Yeah, and and I like it because it starts off. With you know how he was, he basically was. It, it showed, uh, you know, it, it was Ratbat, you know, because Soundwave was kind of the liaison for Ratbat, and you know he talked about. It, he was like, you know, I hated him. I hate, I hated that dude so much. Uh, so would that make that, uh, that make that tape tape rape a uh, hate was, crime hate, too? That was, a, that was hate tape. Rape. A hate tape rape, yeah. <laughs> hate tape rape. Hate tape rapes. <laughs> So, um, which one thing I, I want to agree with something, and this sounds kind of petty. This is almost a final, as it were, for for this whole prelude. But I just wanted to say it now while I'm thinking about it. Um, I agree with Spiros, um, and I think you said it too, Dakota. That there's a lot of like uh, Spiros said meat, but there's a lot of good information. Like there's a lot of good stuff going on in these books, and a lot of good backstory. And like I always forget it because. I know it's petty, but I think because these were packed in with those shitty, like with that those toys, like I think it cheapened it a little bit for me. Like I think when reading them, like I was like, oh, you know, because these are like the height of of toy commercial uh, for for the time for the toy line. But um, yeah, there's some good stuff. Like uh, Shockwave and Soundwave are two of my favorite characters, like of any series. Like so, it's nice to get some good backstory. And it kind of sucks that I kind of dismiss these books and forget how good they are just because of that. I've always thought of them... And that's saying a lot because I hate R80s. That's saying a lot to to say these are good books. (laughs) I've always thought of them, too, as, like, Megatron's dynamic duo. Like, in in all forms of media, like, and especially, like, in Transformers Prime. Like, I was was watching that the other day, and I was like, oh, my God, I need to add this into the the loop of shit that I watch three times a year because I forgot how good it was, and I liked... For the, for the most part, even though Soundwave was was a mute the entire uh, series, but um, I don't know. I've always, I've always liked the way that they've they've both kind of been characterized. But uh, going into essentially how Soundwave found his his minions, I thought that was I thought that was probably the most um, dynamic of the storytelling uh, for, for for this yeah. particular deal. Yeah, like uh, Buzzsaw, Laserbeak, and Ravage are kind of. Outlaws, renegades, um, and it, this this is this is the beginning of uh, what should I call it? I don't know. Like later on in the series, Laserbeak and Buzzsaw uh, almost get a uh, 
you know the Muppet, the old Muppet guys, uh, <laughs> Sat, Sat, Sattler and uh, what's the other guy's name? Somebody help me out. Hold on. Yep. You know, the two old Muppets who are always talking shit and making wisecracks. Yeah. <laughs> like later on, later on in R.I.D. slash just Transformers, like they almost get this uh, Sattler and Waldorf. Waldorf uh, persona, and it seems like it just started like right here on this panel because one of them goes, "No, you didn't." <laughs> like, <laughs> well, I think yeah, and just the, just how they yeah how they their 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 commentary on whatever someone else is like saying or doing at that time because uh, Ravage is just like I said, "No, you do it yourself. I'm not going back there today." <laughs> but um. But they 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 kind of just walk up on this this lonely bot like just fucking like freaking out yeah, yeah like dude he is on a bad trip. Well, well it's like he's and it's cool because that Ravage even mentions the institute. Yeah. Um, because like Soundwave obviously is an outlier. Like he has abilities outside of his you know his function. And he can, like, he can, he even says it sounds, lights, taste, smell everywhere, so many. Like, he's getting information overload to the nth degree, and he can't handle it. And then Ravage actually teaches him how to focus. Right, kind of helps him in that moment. And, which is, you know, that, that it, it does, it shows why I think that relationship is so important. And... Something to, you know, for anyone, I guess, who hasn't, like, caught up on comics or hasn't read them in a while, uh, it's very important to keep that in mind, the, the Soundwave-Ravage sort of dynamic. Uh, the bond that they share. Yeah. Cause there's a, well, it's, it, there's, and it's, it's, oh, go ahead, I'm sorry. No, 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 I was just going to say, it's, it's just, just, you know, just keep it in mind. Right, but, I mean, even right here at the very last page, you know, Soundwave says, Ravage saved me that night. And, uh, I mean, it's it's cool and not to cheapen it, but I always have to look at shit from a comedic standpoint and kind of a sarcastic standpoint. It's like when you rescue a, you rescue a dog from the pound, and it's like, I didn't just rescue Rusty that night. Rusty rescued me <laughs> from the life. <laughs> you know, like. But, I mean, it's, real, it's really interesting because you, like, every iteration of Soundwave, he is like, cool, collected you know, almost almost that like, emotionless uh, you know, foiled, or not foiled like, almost, he, he almost like Shockwave and they, he, he's almost emotionless and he's just this cool collected, like, never never stepping out of his uh, his comfort zone character you never and really see, see him lose as cool. Like if you do, it's very seldom. Right, and to see to see the origin that they gave him here, which uh, and honestly, that's another thing. Like for R.I.D. being very lacking in the um, engaging storytelling, like issues twenty one and twenty two, right up before Dark Cybertron, like, John Barber hit a stride. Oh yeah, with these. T- shoes and it's it's kind of it's kind of a shame because that all kind of got thrown out the window with the dark oh, cybertron yeah. crossover event. but uh 
But um, that wraps up our RID per. per ah, God, I can't talk. Sorry. Uh, the RID portion of uh, the prelude, and we get to move on to uh, Greg for Mercy's favorite issue ever, the Super Awesome. This, oh, are uh, we doing? Doing yeah. this at the end? Stop, yeah. stop, stop eating gold. Stop eating goldfish, Greg, and get on the mic. No, well, yeah. <laughs> what were you? What were you saying, Dakota? I was just gonna say no, no, no. I was gonna say, Greg, this is your time to shine. This is, uh, you know, we we saved this for you. Well, I kind of feel like it's kind of it's kind of past its uh, past its time here. I mean, this was like two episodes ago, but um, nah. it's still a dark prelude story. I think it's the is only it? dark prelude story. Yeah. It, uh, yeah, it is. All right, let me bring it up. It's Little Victories. It's issue 22. Yep. If I'm not mistaken, and it's for, at the time, it was my favorite standalone, um, more than meets the ice story, just because I like the way it was set up, like one of those, um, like one of those filler episodes on a, on a sitcom, when they're, right. they're about to do something, and like, they've got one episode that's kind of like, they got to kill show. one episode. Yeah, so it's a clip show. And uh, I thought it was done very well. Oh, hold on one second. Let me bring it up. Uh, it's it's kind of funny because um, I'm a huge fan of the sitcom Scrubs, and uh, they even they even make a meta joke in that that clip episodes are exist because the writers were too lazy to come up with something new, so they just recycled a bunch of old footage. And uh, <laughs> I kind of felt I I kind of felt like. Issue twenty two, even though it was even though like it does provide a little bit of prelude for Dark Cybertron, um it was it was kinda like that, like uh James Roberts is like, Oh geez, I, I wrapped up uh I wrapped up the uh season one too quickly and now I have one episode before Dark Cybertron. Oh, but it but it totally worked. As soon as, as soon as we start talking about like the oh, yeah. intros, um there there were I I, I like just about all of them, but there's there's a couple that just really, really stand out to me. Well, first that cover with uh, Swerve trying to figure out how to transform his rung toy, um, <laughs> which plays into the story, and he's got the G1 instructions. Um, yeah, I love that. A common theme throughout this is them trying to find out what rung transforms into. Um, and then there's another cover with uh, your number one fan. <laughs> Yeah, which kind of reminds me of Mortal Kombat, the uh, the Johnny oh, Cage yeah. friendship from Mortal Kombat too. Yeah, but um, and there's a third cover uh, that has um, uh, God, I can't even some tracks on it, and that's the uh, that's the Generations toy line specific uh, cover. That was uh, for the pack end because this issue came with uh, not Swerve Skids. Does this one come with Skids? What did I say? Tracks. That's just so. Yeah, it came with skids, yeah. The way they, the way they packed that in, but I mean, yeah, whatever. Um, yeah, because I, I got it framed up on my wall. All right, so reset. So it, it's kind of cool. Like it starts off, they're um, they're doing introductions, and you can almost see it like play out. Like if it was on like the t- the TV, so it would be like Rodimus, and he's like introducing himself, and then it would it would black out kind of quickly and then come back into Ultra Magnus and then it would go back to Rodimus and then it would black out again and then like the title would pop up Little Victories and it would be like um, what's that show Modern Family don't they do that when they have the title cards like that like that yeah. kind of thing um, and then you got you know they're talking whatever 
Um, and uh, you've got your little things where, like, uh, like Magnus. Oh, where is it? I'm trying to find it. So I guess the first one is uh, Cyclonus is like, I'm not a Decepticon, and he's like, I want that on screen. So every time, like, so every time you see Cyclonus on a panel, it says not a Decepticon at the bottom. My favorite, uh, my favorite, my favorite intro though, like that's that that was one of them. But the other one was the one with Whirl. He said it's Whirl, <laughs> spelled click click, choom. choom. <laughs> yeah, and all it with brainstorms like weapons engineer and according to Perceptor, ship's genius. And he's like, "Are you interviewing too?" And then he's like, "Brainstorm." <laughs> I told you to stay out of my lab. It's just really well done. Like it's just a really good read. And like it beat it, like the beat of it, the the flow is just like once you pick up on like what they're trying to accomplish like in your at least when i read it like once i picked up on what it was supposed to be like the beat like was just perfect in my head like reading through it um i like, and, like, I like little, uh, oh god i was just gonna say like the parts with magnus and like they're talking and he kind of takes her out of aside and then all of a sudden it's like footage removed by order of the duly appointed to force of the tyrus accord he's gonna make like, just a little stupid show. like or he's yeah. gonna make it to where out of context it seems really stupid and we see it a couple more times throughout the book and then you see, like, audio soundtrack censored by order of the duly elected of force of the terrorist accord. <laughs> and then it goes back with the Ammonites, like, we touched on them in a pri- previous issue, and it goes back over them, because they're going to be part of Dark Cybertron. Um, the Ammonites and the ter- Terradors or, or something like that? Yeah. In fact, is it this issue that they do yeah, it? It's, or it's, is oh, it- yeah, yeah. This is this is where they explain how the Ammonites are the big one-uppers. Yeah, but is it this issue where they're like, come to find out, they were the heroic whatever and the the evil, the evil Ammonites, Ammonites and the, the heroic. heroic yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Little did we know at the time. Um, and world just world just in uh, what is it? Uh, seven, 16 million years of their war, uh, in the, in a lot of a bar. Right, yeah, because yeah, it's like we've been we've been at war for four million years. You sixteen, sixteen years, sixteen million, sixteen million years. That's that's ridiculous. That's a ridiculous number. Like Skid's <laughs> Skid's reaction is golden. Like, yeah, we're combiners, or it's like we have combiners. It's like we're all combiners. We're combined right now. Omni Omni combiners or something like they're, they they get in, and then you know like how many how many different modes do you have and. You know, they were like, "Well, they, we, you know, we know a guy that has six modes," and they're like, "Oh, that's adorable." Like, we all have twelve or some shit like I, that. I, I, I love how World can't even name off all the modes because he's like, "I once went toe to toe with the six changer." He's like, "Jet, beast, tank, gun, and something else I can't remember." <laughs> and they're like, "We've got deck, we've got decabots, ten modes each. That's basically six, the most your race can do, plus four more." Like. Just the writing in this is top-notch. Like, this is... Like, when people talk about how great Morn Meets the Eye is, like, some of the best writing is in this issue. I, you know what? I have a question. Why do some people hate the the writer? James Roberts, I don't get what the... Why is there hatred for him? It's funny, um, because whenever these people go on these tirades on social media, they always say, oh, I don't want to get into it right now. <laughs> I, I, I just don't have time to tell you why, why I hate him. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I, I don't get it. Why is this hatred? To me, it's just straight up It's just straight up stupid, you know? If you don't want to get, get it, it, 
don't read the book. So what's that? Yeah. So uh, another one of my favorite parts of this of this particular issue was uh, during the uh, the theme night at Swerves. People you'd oh. like to punch. But just re- real quick, just one thing I, w- I was I was going to say it, and then we we were talking about hating James Roberts, which is completely irrational. I agree. <laughs> um, there's some foreshadowing in here in that part where, like, off-panel uh, rewind is like, "Are you happy?" and everyone's answering, and you get to uh, brainstorm, and he goes, "Soon, not yet, soon." Uh, and it yeah. foreshadows. I mean, what was it like? Two years after this issue came out, like you get to that brainstorm bit. And it's yeah. like just like James Roberts is writing, like just setting things up. It's fucking. Oh, dude, but he anyway. plays the long game. Mm-hmm. And it's like he do, he does it boldly because like you never know, like you never know whenever one day that plug is gonna get pulled, you know. So there's so and there's so much stuff now that like you know say say they 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 came to him and they said all right James you got you know six months to a year to wrap all this shit up, like you're gonna see a low a lot of like very rushed Lost Lights issues I think. But um, theme that it swerves like Rodimus has a has a mega has like a, basically a bucket on his head and he is like, uh, the theme was people you'd like to punch. And he's like, I was a lone Megatron in a sea of worlds. And, <laughs> and then the know, theme night before that was alt mode party. Yeah, the alt mode <laughs> party where Rung Rung is just like, how do you, how reach, do you your reach your drinks? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, then the the reason the reason Rodimus was there is because Blaster was like, oh, you know, we're being hailed. Someone wants to come on board. And Rodimus was like, "Oh, him," <laughs> and Magnus. Magnus was, I think, the the, the funniest one. Uh, just shows him talking. He's like a fine Autobot, a fine Autobot, very firm very handshake, firm. very straight badge. I thought, yeah, like everyone is, everyone's a fan except for Rodimus. Even Cyclonus, like I, I was, I was impressed. It's like, yeah, you want to hate him, you just can't. You see, like as soon as as soon as you see his name, Thunderclash, like the biggest letters on the screen, you know. Yeah, oh, I, I, I like skits too. Just, just that one caught my eye too. And he's like, I heard this is just what I heard, but I heard Omega Supreme goes to him for advice. Yeah, like he's he's the choice of Autobots. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> they say they say uh, whenever the, I can't remember. I don't know. I don't know if I'm if I'm exactly at the part, yet, but uh, about the Matrix, like whenever. Um, Prime was being rebuilt or re, re something. He was getting like a, a tune up, I guess, or whatever. Like they gave it to Thunderclash for for safekeeping. They said uh, they had to surgically remove it. It's like it didn't want to leave him. Yeah, I thought that that was hilarious. Yep, uh, I love I love when Ultra Magnus meets Thunderclash, <laughs> and he's like he's, he's he's trying to keep his composure, and he's like. He's like, I was already a huge fan of your work as Tyrus Most Trusted, and then I read your article on the Autobot Code, the one on typefaces, and he's like, bravo, sir, bravo. I had considered myself an expert on the inner relationship between typography and military justice, but you took it so much further. And then it's like, he just embraces him. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dude, that was a straight-up hug. That was a, uh, like, both arms. Yeah, it's it's funny because Thunderclash is like everything to everybody. Like, he's a spiritualist, so he can you know he can be all hippy dippy with drift and or, or yeah, spectralist, you know. Is and that then, the ball with the wavelength? 
Yeah. And then Ratchet, him and Ratchet. And then Ratchet, Ratchet's so happy to see him because like Ratchet is never happy to see anybody. Yeah, and he taught Ratchet everything he knows. Like, and then and then Thunderclash says, "Oh, you know, just looking for the Knights of Cybertron," and Rodimus flips shit. But yeah, he's like, his little that's... his little off panel. He's like, "I thought I handled myself considering." <laughs> oh, what? That's my quest. I, I, our quest. That's our quest. Like you just. Uh... Yeah, this this issue does really read like an episode of Modern Family or a show like that, where they have like the little like uh, almost like reality TV style little setups as to what's happening with the actual people involved, like in between the scenes. Like it's just really well done. Yeah. But anyway, come to find out, I'm sorry, uh, Thunderclash has a uh, a traitor amongst his ranks. Like after Rodimus is just kind of showing off, and it was was it one of the the. Ammonites, or was it one of the Terradors? Yeah. Okay, yeah, Ammonites. No, they're it's the Ammonites, and yeah, they're like, we're not a Decepticon, and Thunderclash is like, we? And it's like, we're Ammonites. Yeah. Yeah, and this is where Skids, this is where Skids reveals, like, turns out the Ammonites that we met on Hedonia weren't actually that nice, the evil Ammonites and the heroic Terradors. That's what they called them, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> like a call back obviously to the evil Decepticons and the heroic Autobots. Meanwhile, like Swerve's mm-hmm. still trying to get Rung to uh to to change it to his alt mode. And like that that's the deal, like you know, the the bet was whoever finds it out first without directly asking. So that you know, that's that's why there was an alt mode party at Swerve's and and all that other stuff. So they find all this going on and, and Swerve's just like, Oh man, we have to do something and uh you know, he was like, you know, like what? Or no, uh, yeah, Rung said we have to do something. Swerve was like, like what? I'm the second weakest person on the ship and you're the first. And we're both comprehensively unarmed. And that's when Rung says perhaps not. And then you see Swerve just like thwunk the back of uh, this Ammonite's head with a orange-shaped bludgeoning device. And... Uh, that's whenever we find out See, what, what wrong is. And he knocked him into components, if you notice. Yeah, yeah they, they all just fell apart, like a G1 episode where Devastator gets, like, punched so hard he falls into his uh, component Constructicons. Uh, well, it makes sense. You know, but, they're, they're, um, they're unconscious. But we, we see what, we see what the, uh, the, the card, the ID card that the Functionist gave Rung uh, and he was an ornament. They they made a new classification just for him. Because they couldn't figure they out also, like, what he was for. They also spelled his name wrong. Oh, wrong, yeah. <laughs> wrong, wrong, wrong of the pious pools. That's hilarious. I didn't, now, yeah, that's I, the first time I've noticed that. I don't know if they were setting something up, if, if Roberts was setting up a long game, or if it was something he decided to revisit when he didn't really, when he was trying to think of new ideas. But they talk about all the tests and all the functionists and the wrong, you know, the alt mode, blah, 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 blah. And then, like, as you get into Lost Light, like, when they go to the alternate universe and you see the alternate wrong, like, that's a really big part of the story. Mm-hmm. So I don't know yeah. if that was playing the super long game or if it was just something he was like, hey, I can go back and talk about this some more. I think it's more of the latter in this case, but... Yeah, I, th- I, th- yeah, I, think, I think those seeds were, 
planted like during that particular story arc. Maybe not so much this, but uh, come to find out, it was it was basically all of this was a recruitment video uh, that Skids was showing everyone in the entertainment suite on Luna One, um, trying to recruit some of the uh, Circle of Light guys, and they all hated it. I love it that he says for missionaries and intellectuals, you're a pretty rough crowd, you know that? Yeah. And they were like, all you guys do, like, you guys have made zero progress. All you do is just joke around and, you know, and, and all this. Like, essentially, like, the reason we've, we've been enjoying these books, uh, but, you know, but obviously, like, it, it kind of, like, as, as a reader, it brought me to the realization, like, oh, shit, they're not, like, n nowhere close to this whole Knights of Cybertron thing, which, you know, which caught me like a good mystery. Yeah. But I like I like how the Circle of Light member says that everybody is cracked in the head. There's like a normal bot among you. <laughs> <laughs> Which is true. I mean, that's what more than ECI was. It was like all the scraps and the, the C-list characters. And, I mean, you look at Swerve. Swerve had one sentence in all of G1. Uh, Skids wasn't even in G1 outside of um, a comic, was he? He wasn't even in the show. Yeah, yeah he was one episode. Yeah, he was in one episode. Two episodes. Two episodes. Skids was? Yes. Yep. Triple and, Takeover and, then and the one that dealt with the... I want to say... God, what, what episode is that? It's a dip insecticide. I'm trying to remember the episode. But they, he was in season two. Oh, uh, so Plague of Insecticons? Yeah, but I think that was the early beginning of season two, late season two. I think that's the name of the episode with the insect. Okay. Maybe I'm wrong. But it, yeah, but triple takeover, he was in it. Oh, you're right. He was. He was. You're right. And oh, oh go ahead. Sorry. And in the old Marvel comics, they made him like a daydreamer or something. So, but in IDW, they made him a big time player, which was cool. So. Yeah, uh, I like I like the Circle of Light member recruitment tool. Your little film has worked wonders, and Skid's like it has, and it's like yeah, we're we we just have to hope we're not too late to get in touch with Thunderclash. Oh yeah, <laughs> and then and then the auditorium empties, and then you you kind of have your little wrap up, like you know everyone's kind of talking about like their you know, like, experiences so far, at least within the film. Like, you know, Drift's got his, his you know, theory that they are the Knights of Cybertron, and uh, Chrome Dome can finally make the sound. And, <laughs> yeah, so, you know, just, just, a, just it was just a, a really nice little wrap-up. I, I do, I do like this. And, you know, Rewind, it's just like, you know, don't care where it stands, you know, group shot, uh, you know, Whatever, so you get a, you get a nice group shot of basically all of the the characters that played very prominent roles in season one of More Than Meets the Eye. You got Swear Everyone, uh, Tailgate, Rung, Whirl, Brainstorm, Cyclonus, Rodimus, Magnus, Chrome Dome, Ratchet, First Aid, and Drift. So, I'm nice I'm gonna use I'm gonna use this uh, picture as my uh, sunbow chart for any arguments about Toy Scale. 
going oh, forward. Oh, God. I actually I'm, want to know something. Wait a, minute, wait a minute. You might want to correct that because everybody else is using the sunbow. They need to start no, but, really using that all. But, but that's what I'm huh? saying, Walter. This this is my sunbow chart for IDW. For scale. Like, any, any, anybody who complains, like, Rodimus is too big, Cyclonus is too big, Brainstorm's too short, you know, this, that, or that. I'm just going to be like, no, 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 last page of Morning Meets the Eye issue 2, check it. <laughs> Dude, I, if, you, if I were you, and I don't know why guys don't do this, why no one hardly does this, I would pull out those old Marvel Transformer Universe books. There's your scale books right there. That's really where it's at. It looks just oh, like the man, Ar- like talking Transformers and scale though, like that's yeah, yeah that's just that's, a fucking nightmare. That gets to be old. It's yeah, a yeah, fucking I, mean, it I hate it. I hate when these guys do like, when, they, when the car puts out something new. It's like really, who cares about scale, man? It's supposed to be about enjoyment. Even 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 the Beast Wars uh kind of fan yeah. groups like even like we even kind of have some disagreements here. It's nowhere near as bad as that whole G one Sunbow thing. But uh, it's it's that's, still it's still there, you know. But it's just, that's you know, why I, I'm just I'm shocked at times that people don't know the old Marvel Universe Transformer books. I'm like, they did four books. You mean oh, yeah. you mean to tell me someone cannot pull those books on out and say, hey, well, here's your scale right here. Here's your scale. Like, when 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 I was a kid, like I read the comics and watched the show but like the comics were so much more uh engrossing like i and i had those walter i had those universe books where it has a picture of each guy in their robot mode and alt mode and then it's got their whole bio written by bob budiansky um so i mean yeah those so like when anyone wants to talk about you know this guy's character in g1 and i'm like okay Prowl, Prowl in the G1 cartoon was a yes man. Like he didn't. It's like he 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 didn't do shit. It's like I I love I love like people like oh G1 cartoon was so so much characterization. I'm like Prowl didn't do shit except except for say yes prime you. yes you prime prime yeah yes prime and then he blew red smoke out of his mouth. That's all he did. Like, <laughs> But what type of smoke was it? Well, we ain't going to go there. <laughs> I ain't going there. I ain't going there. Not going. I don't, I don't think Prowl. he inhaled anything prior but, uh, to you. Yeah, Definitely not recreational. Prowl was uh, operating the shuttle to Autobot, or Autobot City on Earth under the influence. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, See, I don't he get was, that. He was dirty even in G1. Okay. Okay. Let's now. Yeah, we're just, we're just gonna make our own headcanon for the G1 characters. No, I mean Dakota's right about something. I don't get how people can just do scale with Beast Wars. The cartoon was there, and it's like it just gave you everything else you needed. That well, it, I mean, there was there was a like it, it, it depends on the scenes, you know, obviously, and that, that's how it was in G1 too. It's just less less obvious in Beast Wars. Uh, than I think it was with G1, uh, because there's not a bunch of different characters, you know, you don't have to worry about animation errors and things like that, it was all CG, uh, but, uh, fortunately, and it's just like, it's the scale that I go by, is Mainframe released some posters of all of the, um, CG models on backgrounds at, at a BotCon back in the day, so, 
that I, I've always viewed that as like the official like scale model for uh, for Beast Wars. But again, there's only like 13 characters, so it's not that hard uh, compared to 800 characters in G1. So yeah. Well, Masterpiece Beast Wars toys should all be legend sized if you want to go by hush, scale. Hush. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, if we're going by the episode where Prime, you know, Primal found Prime's body on the Ark, they should all be legend sized. You know, as long as they have like badass articulation and the same transformation, <laughs> like I don't give a shit anymore. Like, but but you know, but but they've already they've already done it. You know, I've already got a Voyager ish. Sized um, masterpiece primal, and he's perfect in every way. So how is he? How is he? Is he like his cartoon counterpart? Oh yeah. Well, which one are you you talking about? Uh, talking about thirty-two or thirty-eight? No. Oh, thirty-two. Thirty-eight is straight toy repaint, right? Like it's it's from the it's it's yeah, but it's mostly it takes more cues from the uh, Beast Wars second movie, the convoy in imminent danger or whatever. Oh, okay. Because that and that was a different uh, convoy. It, it's it's it, it's weird. It's one of those things. Like I'm sure you know. I'm sure plenty of people that listen to this or watch this watch Stasis Lock. Uh, you can hear me talk about it over there. But um. Oh, oh, Japan. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> but I mean, they're they're both awesome. But um, the the 32. Oh, dude, just like it walked off the 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 screen. It's um, it's crazy. And then you know, ultimately, like 38. Looks like it stepped right out of the cell animation. It, it's crazy what they were able to do with both decos, um, which was cool. But I mean, yeah, when know. I bought my when I bought my Optimal Optimus back in the day, man, it stood right next to Power Master Prime, same size, which is pretty cool. Oh I, yeah! Oh my God! Yeah, doing a doing a MP skilled with the the set scale for like Optimal Optimus. Yeah, that'd be a, that'd be a big ass toy, cause it's um. You know, down the road they're gonna do it. You know uh, they are. I don't know, man. I don't think it's needed personally. I love to see it. I love to see the red the red dragon Megatron. Yeah, well, I think I think that's needed. Just cause that was the stupid like neck gimmick, but um, anyone have anything else they wanted to add to uh to our Dark Sabertron prelude? Sure. I think I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. Okay. I think I think we covered everything. Well, as we've uh, as we've mentioned a few a few times tonight, uh, some some different shows and, and podcasts and whatnot for you to check out. We are our part. Yeah, fuck that up. We are all part of the Cool Table Network, where you can catch shows like Shattercast, Uncut, Enter the Realm, Beers and Bolters, 40K, Plastic Fanatics, Stasis Lock, Nerd Rage Radio, Toy Detox, Eight Weeks, Bigger Bangin'. Uh, the Realm of Collectors uh, Hangout podcast, a bunch of different stuff. So there is that. Um, as always, I have been your host, Spiros. And, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been a treat this week. So anybody else want to sign off? Um, good, good, good night. Good, good day. Good afternoon. What is it? 653? Good evening. Probably uh, before we off there, uh, like I don't know when when anyone ups these because like we just recorded and then I Eddie and Ace and they do everything. Don't assume. It's, it's, don't assume it's been my, pretty consistently. Uh, uh, 
It's it's been pretty yeah. consistently on Thursdays. Well, yeah, like he'll you know, I think I think like last week's like the video form went up a week after the audio form did, so, you know, I don't know. Maybe maybe we can keep doing that. Whatever, but uh, but yeah. So I don't I don't know if they put it up like during the like morning or evening, but you know whatever. Have a good day to whoever's listening to this. So, see you All right, later. and uh, okay, we're not. No, we're, no, not no, we're still recording. Okay, I didn't know. Well, hey, uh, my name's Dakota. You can find me on the interwebs under the name Primal Sabbath on all the message boards and Facebook groups, and you can find me on a uh, tiny little show called Stasis Lock with uh, oh. Matt Deluxe Baldwin. I heard you guys. I heard you guys like to uh, like to take nice selfies with each other. Oh yeah, rocks. it's uh, it's actually how we start the episodes. We um, reason then we start recording. It's very yeah. interesting. It's, it sounds like a great show. If if I had to watch one, that's a that's a fantastic show. If if you love Beast Wars and Southern Draws, then uh, you know Stasis Life is for you. Did you say draws or draws? draws. <laughs> a little bit of both. And, and, and a little bit of both. Well, uh, we're, 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 we're kicking around a Patreon idea where we can uh, share the selfies with our Patreon supporters. And the uh, speaking of Deluxe Man and his famous words, good night, folks.